Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Coaching Call podcast. On this podcast, we'll cover various types of coaching by trainers in sports, martial arts, fitness, and business. We'll discuss each coach's methods to getting the most out of their respective athletes or clients and how they attempt to change the platform in which they coach. Join us on a fun adventure as we discuss unique coaching styles. We've all been coached before, in school, at work, or on a team. Your first coaches were your mom and dad who taught you how to communicate, tie your shoes, or play a simple game of catch. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Raphael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching. Hi, I'm Sifu Raphael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoy my show, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. To donate, go to paypal.me slash Raphael. That's S-I-F-U-R-A-F-A-E-L. I'm trying to keep this podcast free of advertisements. Anything you can donate is greatly appreciated. Thank you. 16. Active. Alive is the second. Aflame is the third. Aware is the fourth. Aligned is the fifth. And attuned. Attuned is the sixth. My guests today are David and Ellie LeBouchang. David is a health professional and applied physiologist with a degree in exercise physiology. Together, they've established a great union to help those who need it most. David, Ellie, thank you so much for joining me on Coaching Call today. How are you guys doing? The best we know how. And they tell us it's not good enough, but you know, what can you do? <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? This is take two for us. And let's, let's be honest. We, we want everybody to know that sometimes we have technical difficulties. I appreciate you guys so much. It goes to show your warmth, your heart, and your care. And that's why you guys are great coaches. I, I applaud you and thank you so much. You're going to reduce me to tears, buddy. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> you know, one of the things that, that fascinates me about you both is that you've been doing Tai Chi for a very long time. And you guys united to become a really powerful team. Let's go back into, I want to actually dive into both your pasts before you met each other. So David, when you were a little guy, right? What motivated you? Who motivated you? How did you find your passions? Let's start with you and then we'll go to Ellie. Okay. For the first dozen years of my life, we only had two books in our house. Mm. And those two books were called The Black Books of Polish Jewry. To cut a long story short, they were talk a block with pictures from the ghettos, the concentration camps, mm. where a half of my background is Jewish, half of our race got wiped out. I looked at the, and I grew up with those. It didn't make me bitter, it didn't make me hard, but it made me mindful. Mm. And the message was you have to look after yourself, you have to be prepared to stand up and fight, um, you have to be in a state of readiness yes. and that left an indelible impression on me so that um that set the direction of my life so much so um that when i was growing up i was determined to be a professional soldier 
In high school, I spent four years in military cadets, rose through the ranks, mm -hmm. and uh, did all the training, had uh, scholarships to officers college, and it was again that approach that this is not going to happen to me, I will not let this happen to anybody else. So it wasn't any singular event. So that's what motivated you to learn to fight. To learn how to fight, because brother, you've got to be able to deal with it. Yeah, it's very nice praying to God and all of the rest, but when it, when it comes down to it, it's you. Right, it's you. It's, it's all you when you think about it, right? Because oh, yeah. the, when you think about what you saw, what you read, and the fact that you only had two books to go by, it didn't make you bitter. And I applaud you for that because a lot of people do get better with those things. It taught you a lesson, which is it's not going to happen to me and I'm not going to let it happen to other people. And so not only did that shift your thinking, but it set up your whole mindset. Indeed. Right? Indeed. Indeed. Uh, the state of awareness and being prepared uh, comes down to that. It does. It does. Let's, let's not stop there, buddy. So. You you went for that. What got you into the martial arts? What got you into Tai Chi? Okay. When I was in the midst of all this training, and we're talking about the mid to early 60s, uh, I had an inquiring mind. Mm -hmm. And I came across a book in Chinese, which was very hard to find in those days. Um, and the title was Chinese Shadow Boxing. Yeah. I bought this little paperback. Couldn't read the words, of course, but the pictures I could identify with, and it just rang my bell. So in those days, it wasn't called Taiji Tuan or anything like that. It was translated as Chinese shadow boxing, which sounds really strange. But you know, pick a fight with your own shadow. Okay. So <laughs> uh, many times we do, don't we? <laughs> oh my word! Um, and sometimes the shadow wins. Yes. So uh, there you go. Um, but yes. There was something that rang my bell about that because um, when I was in cadets, I was in the commandos. And so this was the fighting, the routines, uh, also in amongst all of that. Um, because then later I was being preparing to transfer to the Israeli army. Now, mm. uh, something that when it comes down to the art of war, the Israelis know it. Mm. Um, 2,000 years of persecution, they really got their act together. And they've learned in real combat, not, uh, you know, not playing by the rules and, and, and whatever have you, or Olympic type uh, fighting routines to see who gets the most points. This was the art of survival. Um, and their fighting arts are called Krav Maga, which means close quarter combat, which again rang my bell because this is what Daiji Chuan is about. Mm -hmm. It's not about fighting at a distance. It's Contacting and never letting go, which is deadly. If you don't get it right, watch out, brother. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> you know, you, you said something, and it's, uh, it, it's engaging in a fight. But you know what? With social media nowadays, people are fighting from a distance. Mm. And people will, somebody puts something and somebody comes back with negativity and somebody comes in. So that's all that negativity that's in our world currently, right? So I, I love the fact that you and I both understand that once you're in our grasp, boy, forget about it, right? And think about how 
Chichuan, a lot of people don't realize it's a real fighting art. Am I right? The deadliest. I mean, Tai Chi, what does it mean? Not just the ultimate. The Chinese love their flowery phrases. The supreme ultimate. Tai Chi Chuan, mm -hmm. supreme ultimate test. And indeed, this is what we teach. This is what we present. Way beyond Tai Chi Chuan, the ultimate fighting art. And what does that mean? It means, and you well understand this because you had quite a number of years as a bouncer mm -hmm. in New York, of all places. Yes. So you understand <laughs> the art of being able to harmonize, the art of being able to deflect. Right. Um, and indeed, you can't separate the martial from the medical. The martial arts from the medical arts. The ability to heal, the ability to hurt. All goes hand in hand. And so this is a rigorous process. There are no shortcuts on this. No. And you've got to be blessed. How have you got to be blessed? You've got to find the right teacher. And they are like hen's teeth. They are so rare on the ground. But I'm jumping ahead. I know you are. <laughs> That's fine, though. That's fine. I like it. So go ahead and tell me, who was your first teacher? Because the book was your first teacher, right? The book was but the first. Physical presence. I, I only had one teacher in my life. Mm as far as I'm concerned. One real teacher, one real mentor. Uh, lots of instructors and all of the rest, but not real teachers, not real guides, not real mentors. No, his name was Simon, Simon Lim. You will not find him online. You will not find him in the history book. He was truly a grandmaster. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was very blessed, but you know, they say when the student is ready, the master appears. And so I had to go through various sidetracks, wrong paths and all of the rest through a bunch of instructors mm -hmm. to find the real person. And what it was about Simon, I say was because he passed away a number of years ago, but he is still very much alive in both of our hearts, in both of our heads and instructing us on that level. Very fortunate. But what it is about him was that he put together East and West. In Western terms, he was a lecturer at university in biochemistry. Mm -hmm. And in the East, he was uh, a supreme martial artist. I don't particularly want to divulge too much about his style and all the rest at this stage is probably jumping too fast. But that has been an embodiment for me. And in mm -hmm. fact, this is the beauty about us working together because it's yin and yang, um, cooperating, collaborating, generating. And that is one of the things that makes what we do truly unique, both in martial terms as well as specifically in the medical terms, because we combine our energies. And in that combination, it's not one plus one. This is not pure addition. Right. No, no, no. This, this goes hyperbolic, not additive. Mm -hmm. For a very good reason. We're not yeah. just working from the same book. We are on the same page. So thank you for that. Thank you. For I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Ellie, tell us about you before you met David. Tell me as a little girl who impacted your life. What brought you to who you are today? I grew up uh, on a farm. So I was immersed in nature. And um, when I was around nine or 10 years old, I discovered that I can feel a different world. And that was world of energies. 
And then slowly, slowly, I learned how to see that world from very different eyes. So how to immerse in all of that. But uh, for next five years, between 10 and 15, the gift of perceiving that was growing. But I didn't have anybody around me that would give me a feedback, that would support me. I was asking my parents, what do I see? What do I feel? What is this? Tell me. And because they couldn't see and they couldn't feel, they couldn't help me. Mm -hmm. Father said to me, look, I don't have a clue what it is, but here's the <laughs> money. Go out and buy some books. Perhaps you can help yourself. Mm -hmm. So I studied books uh, with all that. But at the end, you know, you need a real teacher. And uh, because I was alone in this search, mm -hmm. I slowly, slowly dropped that and moved away from it. Forgot, mm -hmm. totally forgot that I have a gift. And actually, only when I was 29, in my Saturn cycle, I met David. And all these things came back with a bang. Nice. And I actually discovered and remembered that I have those gifts and that even if I was not really learning anything in all those years, they are kind of growing with me. Right. But uh, you always need a feedback. You always need a mirror to see where you are at, you know, otherwise you are in your own world. And I started to explain to David what I see, what I feel, because I was one of the first students in his First Slovenian group, because mm. when he came to Slovenia, he started a group and I was in this first group. I couldn't speak any English because I learned German. I grew up uh, very close to Austrian border and uh, in school we learned German and he didn't have any Slovenian. So the language between us was kind of, you know, energy really. Right. And that really, really helped me to admit to myself that is real. I really see and feel something because, you know, you, you are not sure. Am I imagining all of this? Is that real or it's not? You know, I have fantastic imagination, you know, mm -hmm. but is that just me? And then through feedbacks he was giving to me, I realized that, wow, I am here to something big. You know, I have uh, something that I can really develop and grow. At that point, I was a teacher in primary school, and I actually straight away discovered that there was many different types of knowledge that I had to learn, but this was just kind of there, always there. Whatever he asked me about the energy, I always had an answer. It was really weird. It felt like I have a special channel a pool of knowledge about the energy mm -hmm. and often i saw how surprised he was when i said something back and he said oh this is what's written in old chinese books mm -hmm. i just felt you know so this is what really really kind of sparked my interest so that i jumped in and started to learn as much as i could and develop all those gifts that's awesome. Just the, you know, the teacher appears and this is exactly what happened. I was 29. I was ready to kind of for the next stage in my life. And I uh, sometimes joke that he just fell into my lap, you know, 
Uh, he came from right. Australia, 20,000 kilometers right. away. <laughs> you know, I wasn't searching for him, but he just appeared literally in front of me, you know. And um, this is where our journey together. When you think about, and you said it, you didn't speak each other's language, but you did, right? You did with right. energy chemistry and body language and body language there's, there's, no, hiding. there's no hiding there's no line okay. there is no line <laughs> actually we had a very first conversation <laughs> which could well have been the very last conversation we had because again we had no words in common right we knew how to say goodbye in a number of different languages oh, so we really? said goodbye to each other in a number of different languages and thought, okay that's it tell mickey you know so when I attended, uh, I remember when I attended the first session, I understood absolutely nothing. But I felt, wow, mm. this, this is something real. What can I feel now? You know, this is, it threw me back into my childhood when I started to discover my energy. So I knew there is something real. I straight away saw that connection happening. Uh, and then we lived for more than seven years with uh, all sorts of uh, grammar books. Uh, dictionaries <laughs> on our kitchen table and you know <laughs> learned that we, we still have a number of verbal misunderstandings but yes that's part of the growth right <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah mm -hmm. exactly um it's the stimulus to growth and mm -hmm. this is the thing about a relationship uh, like this it's uh we never get too comfortable we're in that level, challenging each other constantly, constantly inputting. And this is the thing with this thing called Tai Chi Chuan. Okay, Tai Chi. We are evolving it. It's not something that's carved in stone. The phrase that I use for all of this is it's written upon the water. It's not something that's fixed. It's constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. And particularly in these times, the 21st century, where watch out, brother, things are really moving. Mm -hmm. We have adapted all of this and added a great deal. But as I said before, I'm jumping the gun. <laughs> but you know, you, you just said something that sometimes you're still using books to kind of understand and there's, you're not understanding each other. But that also happens with people who speak the same language. It's because sometimes we're not saying it the right way or the other person is not understanding what we're saying and it's having the patience the patience to fully try to understand the other person and not jump to conclusions without fully understanding and you guys have found the gift of that and so many couples don't have that so many relationships lack understanding you know, a lot of people assume the other person is going to say this, or that's what they meant. Why don't we stop for a minute and find out what did you mean? What what does that mean to you? How how do you want me to understand that? And I, I, I love the fact that you guys and you admit to that. Hey, maybe I don't understand her and oh, I don't understand him. But it's important to try. Right. It's important to make that effort not thinking and understanding too much but feeling it's the key mm. this is what we discover because sometimes things that we say in slovenian can 
sound really sharp when I translate them in my head in English, you know, it's totally different. So we just feel, this is what we learned, feel how you are when you say that, you know, not, not even what you wanted to say, but the right. feeling that is behind. Right. Sometimes the feelings are more powerful than the words, right? Yeah. Like, uh -huh. think about it. There's, you can get a hug from someone and it's like, uh, or you can get a hug from someone and it's deep and you feel it. So even feelings, you know, that energy, because you can feel energy from someone, even from a hug, right? You can feel if it's heartfelt, if it's heart, if it's warm, or if it's a cold hug, you know? And, and so how real are we? I'm a hugger, so I love to hug. So, so for me, you know, I, I, I express myself physically. So that's why I love the art so much because I'm an artist. I'm an artist of every kind. I'm a martial artist, right? I'm a physical artist. I am a change artist, right? I am an adaptive artist. I need to adapt. So I am an artist in every which way. I can draw, I can listen, I can have patience. I'm a patient artist. Wow, how beautifully said. Well, you, you guys inspire me. What can I say? Words and feelings. Let me use an analogy. The ocean. Words are like the waves. Okay, this is, this is the concrete formation and all of the rest. This is the manifestation, the physical manifestation. But what creates those words? What creates those waves? It is the deep underlying currents that come from the depth. And that is where, that is the spiritual source. That's the emotional source. And indeed, it's easy to get swamped by the words, easy mm. to get swamped by the waves. But it's a matter of understanding the origins. Yeah, comes down to the currents. And those currents are, once again, in the feelings. Right. And that is not just powerful. That that's the origin. Right. So, David, tell me, as a physiologist, how do you apply that to your art? Oh, I love your questions. On a number of different levels. Once again, there's the Western and the Eastern. Looking at the Western aspect, physiology. On one level, it's the art of movement. It's biomechanics human biomechanics, the way that we move, the way that we work, the way that we express ourselves. And the biomechanics, okay, what shapes all of that? Because again, once you're into biomechanics, you're into ergonomics. And what does ergo mean? It means energy. Yeah. So it's a matter of being able to deconstruct our work patterns, our play patterns, our movement patterns, down into the basic, down into the foundations, and one of the foundations of that is your posture, mm -hmm. your carriage, your bearing. And that can't really be done in a military artificial fashion. No, it's being at home in yourself. It's that developmental side in which we're looking not just as singular muscles and bones and all the rest, but the whole fascial network, bone, mm -hmm. tissue, nerves, muscles, that whole network. That's on one side. That's the biomechanical side. Then there is the biochemistry of physiology. In other words, what's happening on a cellular, extracellular, intracellular level, 
the chemical drives, whether they are hormones, uh, whether you are talking about the metabolism, internal metabolism of energy. So out of that, I've come to a particular understanding about how we move, what moves us, right. and being able to then put all of that together with the bioenergetics that's on the eastern side. So from that biomechanics side, yes, I learned a great deal about our internal working. And for me, this is the keys of what I put across. First, you have to understand what makes you tick. Right. And again, and then, all right, we talked about, we talked about uh, chemistry, we talked about the mechanics, the biomechanics, but there's also the psychology of it, what makes us tick. But much of the psychology, again, comes back to the hormone drives. And on that level, I say, you don't have hormones. Hormones have you. You are the direct expression of your hormones. comes back to the chemistry again. Mm -hmm. So that is on that side, putting all of that together. What makes you tick? Before you can get to the point of going, hang on, what makes you sick? You can't say what makes you sick until you know what it is that makes you tick. Yeah. It has to be that deep, profound understanding. Mm -hmm. And I love the word understanding, not something that happens up here, way down there. The most important question is not what makes you tick, what makes you sick, but what the fix. Yeah, right. That is the most important question. So you were asking me about physiology. Let me put it in a different frame, musical frame. Sure. And um, I was a semi pro muso for more than 30 years, so I'm comfortable with that mm -hmm. analogy, that sort of field. But what is it? What makes you tick? Okay, you are a musical instrument. Get out of tune and all of the rest. Okay, we're all out of tune. We need tuning up. And if one string's too tight, then the others are too loose and all of the rest. So being able to tune into yourself. Mm as a prelude to toning up yourself. Before you can interact, before you can make music with the world, first you've got to be in tune, and you have to be in tune with yourself and well-tuned up. Then you have to be a proficient player. It's not enough just to have this extraordinary musical instrument, which we all are. Oh, my God, it's amazing. It is amazing. Sure. But it requires a lifetime of sensitivity, of proficiency, of study and getting beyond all of that in order to be able to get yourself in tune and finally to be able to make music again as a prelude to going out and creating symphonies with the rest of the world, the art of harmony, we call it. So that's presenting music in physiological terms. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, when we think about, like you said, making sure that you are in tune, you are going to be, play beautiful music. A lot of people miss that aspect, which is tuning into yourself, finding yourself, understanding yourself. But here's the thing. A lot of people look outward. They look at this one. They look at that one. And I want to be like that one. I want to be like this one. Meanwhile, we're so special. We forget. We got to look in, right? And Ellie, you talked about the mirror, right? Sometimes that mirror is dirty. 
That oh, mirror is so wow. dirty. We can't it's see. Broken and warped. Sometimes you don't want to look we got to clean it. We got to clean it every day. That's a we, very messy job. We have to do it. We have to, right? We have to clean. We have to internally look in every single day. And we cannot take ourselves for granted. A lot of people take themselves for granted. Oh, I'm this or I'm that. Yes. But were you that last night when you went to sleep? Were you that this morning when you first woke up? Or did you become it during the day? And did you sustain it? So for me, every morning, I wake up with gratitude. I am a smile on my face. I, I'm going to tell you why I'm so happy in the morning. I'm alive. Yeah. I'm alive. Yeah. I made another day. day. I can every make a new day, impact. Every day I, is your birthday. Every day I wake up, it is my birthday. I am so happy that, hey, you know what? I have another day to fix yesterday's mistakes, to make new mistakes today, but <laughs> to learn from the mistakes I've done. I'm going, to mistake, I'm going to make mistakes every day of my life. I know that. But it's accepting that. It's understanding me, looking inward. What are my flaws? How can I fix them? And some flaws I can never fix. And I have to be okay with that. I have a big nose. I can go get surgery. But hey, it's my nose. I'm going to keep it. So it's, it's how we see things, right? Are we beautiful? When we look in that mirror, if that mirror is dirty, can we really see ourselves? Can we see how beautiful we are? And I have a question for you, Ellie. If you were blind when you first met David, you talked about energy. Would you have been attracted to him just through the energy? Absolutely. That was the main part of my attraction towards him. Because when he goes down the street, you know what happens? All heads turn around and look at him. And I am not that kind of a person that like to be exposed or I, right. I would never like to be famous. Right. You know, I would like to do a fantastic job for people, serve the world, but not in a famous fashion in a famous fashion. Totally okay. Good. Yes. And I needed years to get used to that, that people looked at the curls and long hair and he's really tall, you know, because I didn't like to be exposed that way. So, mm -hmm. yes, absolutely. The energy, but not only the energy, just um, also his spirit, you know. You felt uh, that. I just felt it and I connected. To that feeling and one day when before we became a couple i realized that and you know how i realized how much i like or love him because i had that deep feeling of respect mm. i said oh my gosh i respect that guy so much so <laughs> deeply and he turned to me and said oh first is respect and then is love <laughs> and this is exactly how it happened. <laughs> nice. David, I'm going to ask you the same question. 
In fact, had you been blind that day, oh, and walked so in, would you have that energy she brought? Would that have attracted you to her? Nothing to think about, uh, most certainly. A bit of perspective here. Troy? We only got together when I was 60 years old. Congratulations. You're a young man. And it took me 40 years of, um, out of the Frank say it, fuck-ups. <laughs> Relationship-wise, <laughs> in, in, looking for the right match, looking for the right match. And it's, it's got to be chemistry. It's got to be energetic. There's all sorts of things that work together. If it's purely hormonal-driven, you're in trouble. You are in okay, trouble. That's initial mating urge. That's where people start from. And then they discover horrors. My partner has changed and such. So when we met, I, I had sort of, I had given up on ever finding my right match, and I had learned to live with it. In fact, I had lived essentially in total isolation for 11 years. I just closed my doors. Mm -hmm. My only interface with people was on the medical level or on the martial arts training. But aside from that, relationship-wise, family-wise, and all there's no way. When I first saw Ellie, I went, really not into short-haired women. Yeah, really short hair at that time. I'm really not into women who had a partner, if the marriage was falling apart and all the rest. I don't want to know about this. So I didn't even look at her twice. She looked at me and sort of went, oh, he's kind of freaky. I'm just... I, I can read people really easily. When I look at them, it's just the whole list of things that I see, you know who they are and how they are. And when I looked at him, I said, oh, he's very complex. I'm not going to look <laughs> Look at him more than that. Okay? So we both so averted each other's gaze and just sort of went. And surprise, surprise, how a few months further down the track when it just fell together in the most extraordinary fashion. Mm. Particularly then, when we began to compare shared dreams, I'm not talking about, oh, I'm dreaming of the bright future and all the rest. <laughs> I'm talking about dreams that we had, nighttime mm -hmm. dreams in the right. past, in which it was, hmm, word for it, it's not the kind of resonance, it's uh, how we had shared past lives together. And when we talked about the roles that we had played in each other's life, and then sort of that recognizing that, oh, that was that person in that dream. Mm. I won't go into details about it, but it just sort of went, there was such a strong resonance factor there. Right. So strong that it went way beyond the language difference, way right. beyond the cultural difference. I landed here in Slovenia and I'm going, oh my God, what is this, the third world or something? Hmm. It was like Slovenia was 30 years behind because it had been an isolated country under, you know, under communism and such. Right. So it was removed from the world. And when I arrived here, I went, I have nothing in common with these people. Mm -hmm. Such a strong, I belong here, Bond. I couldn't, I tried to explain it away to myself, right. but I could not put it away. Mm -hmm. So much so, I just couldn't believe. And it right. wasn't that, oh, I met somebody here, and that's the reason that, no. It was a, a strong resonance that, um, defies logic yeah and and that's what true love is it does defy logic doesn't it <laughs> think think about think about what you guys have been able to accomplish 
as a team, as a union. You have changed so many people's lives. Let's talk about that because you guys did join forces and you decided to do something together. You could have kept doing your own thing like so many couples do, right? So many couples do their own thing and they, she goes to work here, he goes to work here, and then they meet up at the end of the day and they talk and, you know, they have a relationship and all that. But you guys decided to make an impact in our world, in everyone's world, together. What brought that? What made that cultivate? Okay, as a team, we're unstoppable. One of the unique features about us is that we are both operating on the same frequency. Mm. Okay, you can have people on the same frequency, but at the same time, they have to be locked in phase in order to be able to not clash, conflict, or cancel each other out. Right. Uh, us, as I mentioned earlier, it wasn't simply a matter of an attitude function. We were both very clear about what we wished to achieve in this world, mm. both in terms of who we are and our own personal growth, as well as what we wish to share with the world. And this is why we call ourselves Evo Revolutionaries, because we are into evolution, assisting people in their own personal evolution, which doesn't mean it's not about us. Right. It's not about the messenger. It's about the message. And we made for a very effective team uh, working together on that. Mind blowing. Mm. In the beginning, if I'm speaking for myself, I just wanted to learn. Mm. Because I have that imperative, internal imperative that I should grow and I should be better every day. And I saw that this energy world, this Tai Chi world can give me that. Right. And then with time, I also gained confidence. Mm. Oh, I don't need to keep this for myself. I can share it. And because I was really enthusiastic about these things, I wanted to share it. And he didn't allow me. He said, your gifts are, um, you're going to hurt yourself. Be careful. So that mm. actually, uh, because of that, my fire burned even stronger because he didn't allow me. He, <laughs> he wanted to protect me from myself, you know. So after years of learning uh, and discovering together, we saw that we can develop special techniques to help people. And uh, that way, our evolution was also very interesting because first we thought that we can save the world. Right. And then we discovered that the world doesn't want to be saved. <laughs> right. And then we wanted to fix those people who wanted to be saved right. with our energy. Mm -hmm. And then we realized, what are we doing? We are crutches of those people. We don't want to be their crutches. No. We want to teach them how they help themselves. And this is when we realize that we can really make a humongous, humongous difference in the world. And actually, feedback again was really important from people when they, oh my word, you know, when somebody says, not you changed my life, but you saved my life. 
you know you think about it and when as you said when you feel where the hug is coming from you mm -hmm. can feel where that kind of thoughts are coming from you know and you feel they are coming from a real place and that deeply touches you deeply moves you and that is for me the biggest reward that i can get that i can help others but also i can grow through that you know it goes hand in hand it's a two-way street when you think about it right because if i'm going to help someone grow and even though they may be in so much need of what i have to give by my giving it allows me to receive if i'm open to but oh, i have yeah. to be open right oh, yeah. absolutely talk, talk to me about why do you continue doing tai chi after such a long time oh. Yes, 40-something years down the track. Yeah, it's like yesterday you started. <laughs> I simply describe myself as a beginner. Mm -hmm. What a nice guy. Uh -huh. I'm always a student first. Yes. A student. And as teachers, uh, what we have to offer is also different on that level. Why? Because we're into unlearning. People are really chocker with too much nonsense, too much everything, too many preconceived notions and all of the rest. Right. Returning, coming home, returning to the natural state is the unlearning. So why persevere? Okay, personally, I have studied a number of different styles of Daiji. I found most all of them pretty forms. Much of modern Daiji, Daiji Swan, is what the Chinese call flower fist. There's no power behind it. It's, it's, it's just sort of empty forms, choreographs, if you like. Right. For me, for us, this is something that keeps evolving. It's a process of discovery. You cannot, you go down the river with your bucket and you grab a bucket of water and you go, Eureka, river. No, it's a bucket of water. Right. This is what this whole thing is. This is the river. This is the ocean. You cannot contain it in your body. You cannot contain it in a bucket. You can embrace it, you can go with it, you can utilize its power. Mm -hmm. But we have been evolving this too. And out of all of this, this is why I don't say I teach. For the last 20 years, more, 25 years, I don't say I teach Tai Chi. I don't teach Daoyin. I don't teach Qigong. I teach energetics. In other words, this is a modality which has taken the best out of East and West, the most relevant, putting it together. It's not like pizza with everything on top. Right. No, <laughs> this is something that has taken its own life. And it's, we climb on top of that horse and we won't go, we don't know where it's going to lead us or what it's going to eat, but we are there on this horse and we follow through with it. Why persevere? Again, it's part of the internal imperative, the internal internal eternal growth process but more than ever the world needs this and i'm not blowing our horn or anything like this it's not about us but time and again and this energetic thing has shown itself has proven itself over and over again in all of these clinical trials in all of our therapeutic sessions it's all about the outcome it's all about the results it has to be relevant 
it has to be engaging because if it's not engaging if it's not in the field of play and not just work people will not persevere and without that perseverance and commitment nothing is happening so what do we have we have so many people who come from areas of yoga or so many esoteric things that they oh i've been there i've done that i got the t-shirt sort of thing and they moved on <laughs> they get into this and seriously the first students that i had here some 12 13 years ago still doing it still practicing it still coming back still still teaching, growing still growing so it is an imperative if you like uh, like Goethe says i do not speak i am spoken and it, so it is with energetics so for us the challenge has been how to get this out there onto the world stage and again it's nothing to do with ego and such it's mm -hmm. recognizing the beauty the relevance the application of something to all areas of people's life so it's moved beyond the martial moved beyond the medical way beyond all of that it's and it's so first we teach people method and then we say throw away the book <laughs> don't get hooked on the form and getting beyond the form getting into the formless that is the challenge that is where the beauty of it is again self-expression right? again the musical analogy okay you're learning to play your instrument so what are you doing scales babe scales as a process to self-mastery now what i see with so many practices is that people get hooked on the scales whatever you want to call it you want to call it yoga or tai chi or whatever mm -hmm. and they spend their days playing scales no you've mastered mm -hmm. you have learned to master the instrument you have learned to master yourself go out and play some music throw away the book get beyond the form and right. this is again our imperative you know for me i i I'm a thousand percent with what you're saying. For me, when I do Tai Chi, it's that feeling. It's that that energy, right? It's that that cleansing, right? That meditative state that you get into. Oh yeah. That's so beautiful. Oh yeah. And and you know, someone looking from afar, they don't get it. They don't get it. And they're like, oh, that's for old people. No. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not for old people. You know, it's for everybody from children to teenagers to young adults to middle age to old people. It's for everyone. But feeling that when somebody feels the energy, it blows them away. It really blows them away. They don't give themselves the chance to feel. That's the challenge, right? That's the challenge. Because they are too noisy on the inside. Mm -hmm. You can't hear that. You can't experience it if you don't slow down. And uh, you have to be quiet internally. That's mm -hmm. the first step. We have three secrets. I just wanted to tell them. Go for it. <laughs> no, okay. So we have three secrets that we have got. Oh, secrets! What is all of this? About? We like secrets. Bring them. Bring them. <laughs> you really want to know? 
You're not going to like it. <laughs> oh, yes, we really want to know. Tell us your secret. <clears throat> secret number one. Shut up. <laughs> you go, what? Yes, because when you're talking, oh, it's all noisy up here. You're not listening. You're not tuning in. You're not hearing anything except your own voice. Very importantly, the time is the bridge, the energy gap, the energy connection between the yin channels, the yang channel, dumai and the renmai. Mm -hmm. And when that is broken, your energy flow is broken. So shut up, the secret. Mm -hmm. Second secret. Pay attention. Yeah. Mm. That's not so easy for people to do. Why? Mm. Again, it's the modern disease. Switch on the television, have a look at any film you like, and you'll see something, any advert you like, you'll see something in common. Every two to three seconds, scene change, scene change, scene change, people's attention span is completely broken down. They can't focus, they can't hold focus, they're ruined. So pay attention, and this is developing the mental aspects, the neurologic aspects. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that just by thinking about reading books. It doesn't work that way. It's really developing your lens, your ability to focus in two directions simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Also, the microscopic, aware of the detail. Zoom in. Zoom in, aware of the fine print. Same time, zoom out. The cinematic. Being aware of the whole picture, not getting just lost in the details, not being able to see the forest or the trees. Mm. The expression goes. So there's the second secret. Pay attention. And the third secret, and you know it, you're already doing it. Move your ass. <laughs> That's how we generate the energy. That's how we, okay, express the energy. Too easy. I love your secrets. <laughs> now they're out <laughs> now we got to tell everybody let's yeah. recap let's recap number one shut up yeah number two pay listen. attention pay attention listen number three move your booty yeah <laughs> guard the secrets reveal them often absolutely don't keep them you know, the, the whole thing that everyone always tries to hold something over someone. Yeah. Stop doing that. Yeah. Give. The more you give, the more you receive. Look, yesterday, I had my AC guy up in the roof in my business. And it's 20 feet up. You got to go up a ladder. So I'm here. I'm doing work. And he comes and he goes... Excuse me. I said, yeah. He goes, oh, there's this problem, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay. I, he doesn't have a helper. So I said, I'll come and help you. He goes, no, no, no. I said, yeah, I'll come help you. He goes, no. He goes, you helped us last time. And it was three guys. I said, no problem. So I said, let me throw some sneakers on. I go up and I help him in the roof. And, you know, I climb up the ladder and all this. And we got to bring tools up and everything. And I'm helping him. And he's like, and it's it's getting hotter and hotter on the roof because it's higher up. So he says, you don't have to help. I'm like, but if I don't help you, it's going to take you twice as long, right? Yeah. I said, don't worry. I'm going to help you. I finished helping him. And as I'm helping him, 
he's giving me advice. So I gave him, he's giving me, right? And it was a, I have a service contract, so I don't have to pay for it because I've already paid for it ahead of time. So at the end, he writes, you know, he writes up his receipt and saying that I don't have to pay. I still gave him a tip. And he's like, oh, you didn't have to give me money. I'm like, yeah, I did. He goes, but you helped me. I said, and I was happy to. So when we give, he gave me advice on, you know, make sure this is happening, that's happening. Had I not been there to help him, he wouldn't have said those things to me. So when we have an opportunity to help someone else, let's take it. And I valued him just coming out on a hot day. It was a hot day yesterday. And the sun is beaming and he's up on the roof sweating. And I'm, you know, I was like, I'll come help you. So for me, it's always looking to learn. I didn't go up there to learn. I went there to help. But the benefit is he taught me some things, you know, because I'm not an AC technician, but now I know a couple of things. So, right? Give, give, and give some more. It'll come back. Tell me about what you guys have created. You have created a, a company to help people with chronic pain. You're helping them with prevention, how to manage that. Tell me about that. That sounds really, really a worthwhile endeavor that you guys have taken on. Must be very rewarding as well. This is actually what we used to do. Oh, look at that. <laughs> we are not doing that anymore because health is something very basic. And mm -hmm. it's easy to take care of health if you move your ass. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Intelligently. When we started, uh, we were dealing with uh, chronic issues. People were People 60 plus. People who spent half their life Yes. Mm -hmm. But then at some point we at that really big moment when we asked ourselves, you know, this goes way beyond health. Mm. It's about personal evolution. Why wouldn't we show these things to people who are at the beginning of their adult life? And the whole life is ahead of them. And actually from that moment on, our client base was getting younger and younger and younger. Mm. And now we do not really have that many people who are chronically ill, but mostly people who are young and they would just like to grow and develop and, you know, those sponges who want to absorb absolutely everything. Nice. Um, and it's, it's fantastic uh, how all of this actually change through our realization of what do we desire. He said a number of interesting things. One was, he said, look, what you're doing, what we're doing here is 2,000 years ahead of its time. And that's just the reality of it. Secondly, teach the teachers to get the message across, to get it across. When we're having to deal, we don't deal one-on-one, -on -one, we deal two-on-one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. which is fabulously rewarding for those that are involved and such. And we have been very grateful, honored, for 
the ability, the opportunity to assist other people that way and in very real terms. But now we need to increase that reach to utilize our time and energies better. And time, that is Raphael. That's all that we have. Oh, yeah. That's all we have. That's all that we have. So it comes down to intelligent, productive use of that time. So this is what we're doing now. We are changing the focus. We're looking at teaching the teachers, getting the message across, reaching the younger ones, not people who have spent most of their lives getting, you know, with one foot in the grave to help them to, to live a few more years pain-free and all of the rest. Okay, been there, done enough. And out of that, we have gained a deep understanding, again, of what makes you tick, what makes you sick. And we have to get this message across, which is the challenge, which is a huge challenge. I mean, we spend so much time in writing medical articles and contacting people and looking for the magic connections and dealing with government agencies, you know, on the European Union level and down to the local level. And sometimes it is so, Ellie really gets frustrated when she hears me use this word, frustrating. Let me tell you what happened. I do not allow that kind of vibration. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Australia, mm -hmm. where I've got essentially the highest qualifications that you can get in this field, with a ground plan, an action plan. We chose the area where we were going to live and that we set up in between two camps. On the one side was all of the rich retirees going to live on the Gold Coast, you know, the golden years on the Golden Coast and all the rest. Down the road, meanwhile, is Byron Bay, the alternate hippie therapy centre for Australia. This is where the whole alternate scene is. So we put two programmes together, one for the oldies, working in group sessions, and it's important for them for groups. Mm -hmm. they, they get the chance for the play and all of the rest and blah, blah, blah. And, and on the other side, it's important to reach those who are supposedly more enlightened and further reaching and out to save the planet as well as themselves. And so we put these programs together and we advertised. They knocked on so many doors of doctors and therapists and hospitals and blah, 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 printed like, 11,000 professionally designed leaflets targeting mm. particular communities and groups and all the rest, arranged the halls, arranged absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. In three and a half years, we did not get one, we did not get one inquiry, mm. one client, despite all of the publishings, all of the conferences that I attended dealing with the other professionals and such. We had to earn our living. He was a toilet cleaner. I was the kitchen cleaner huh? in people's homes. Okay, very healthy, very good. Right. Um, you know, it's uh, we're not we're not too proud to do all of that. Oh, that was fantastic. Uh, fantastic, but for three and a half years, mm -hmm. waste a criminal waste of our talents, and what's more, we were crippling ourselves by not being able to grow. And this is this is the sort of mentalities that we've been dealing with. So when. Now, enough of all of that. We're going to target differently. And now we're looking at, we have been essentially forced in one part by the whole isolation thing that's come as a result of COVID. Right. You know, don't go out, don't touch anybody, don't get too close to them, don't talk to them. <laughs> don't, 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 don't hug them. Oh, don't hug them. Baby. I miss hugging. <laughs> oh, 
thank goodness we got each other on that level. Yes, yes. But when I see you guys, I'm going to have to hug you, okay? So <laughs> be ready. <laughs> but we have been looking more at, and this is a challenge, the digital online product. Mm -hmm. We're looking at a way that we can give people the feedback, the input that they need. So it's not just, yeah, buy this program, buy this book and teach yourself and all the rest. It doesn't work that way. But we have been looking at spending a lot of time and way too much money, but we've had no choice with regards to learning the specific skills in order to be able to assemble the digital products and get them out there. Mm -hmm. And we anticipate that we will have those products out there within the next two to three months. Make sure you share them with me because I will share them with everyone. Oh, brother. So you see, that was that what Absolutely. I said before, how we kept evolving that way and we wanted to save yes. the world, you know. And mm -hmm. now, through, through all those years, when we saw that some people come to us and really feel it, as you said before, enough quiet on the inside, mm -hmm. and feel the energy, it just blows them away. And they just want to learn and learn. So we realize that this is not something that we should just share it and throw it away. But it is for chosen people. Of course. We just got a lady that knocked on our doors. Her background, 10 years of Tai Chi and Qigong. And she came and she said, I just read a few articles. I want to learn everything. Mm. And we started to go through the process. And after three sessions, she said that it feels like I was preparing myself my entire life for you. Mm. So through all this experience that we, and our path we are walking, we see that we actually just could offer it to those who feel it. Mm -hmm. Thousand people, those who have the potential to realize the value. Because those are those who can really, really grow and make it their own then and share it with others. Mm -hmm. And that's and the how we are changing. This is actually happening now. We wouldn't mm -hmm. believe we have healers that are coming to us mm -hmm. who would like to master the energy stuff, you know? So it, it's changing. And that's really very gratifying. Yes. Huh? But what, what an uphill push you think. Ellie, in the beginning, you said that you went through a, a stage of your life. Meeting David was another stage. Going through this process that you guys are doing now is another stage. Guess what? There's going to be more stages. <laughs> because well that's, that's the beauty of life. There are stages to our life. Like a story, right? Our, our life story goes on and on. There's many chapters. There can even be many books about our life. But it's how we, we read those pages, how we understand our process, our learning, our evolution, right? Because you guys have evolved and you're continually evolving. But here's the thing. You guys recognize you, you, you did one thing that David talked about earlier, which is Leave this alone and use these more. But you also did something else. You used these, right? You saw, not necessarily with your eyes, but 
a whole bigger vision of where you guys are heading, what you have to do, the challenges that you guys have had, right? We all have had challenges. This is how we deal with them, right? Yeah, but you know, because this is such a pearl that we can offer the world. Mm -hmm. We feel responsible to do so. And that was the biggest frustration we dealt with. Mm. We have a pearl and they don't want to have it. We're interfering, like what you were saying before. Mm -hmm. But you know, all things have to come together. Yes. And as we are evolving, this methodology is evolving too. Mm -hmm. It's not something that it's there and never changes, keeps changing constantly, you know. He adds things as a physiologist. I added things because I'm a teacher, how to teach more uh, from a structural point of view, curriculum, you know, step by step, you know. And then us as a couple together, what we can add and develop in what we learned as a couple through this method. So we are growing and evolving and the method is growing and evolving. So it goes like this. <laughs> right, right. It's that synergy, right? That, that exactly. evolution that continues, but it has to, like you said, it has to continue together. Yes. It can't do this, can't separate. I, I congratulate you guys. And my gosh, if, if I can help you in any way, we are now kindred spirits, right? I'll help you guys. You just, you know, reach out anytime. And it'll be my honor to help you guys because I believe in what you're doing, right? I believe in energy so much. I, I believe in, in, in feeling and understanding. And, and it's deeper and bigger than we are, right? Oh, that's why the responsibility. Oh, yeah. That's why you have, you have no choice but to do it. I can't peacefully die if I don't share this with the world. Correct. I feel the burden, the positive burden, of it, you know? Great. Yes, absolutely. Can't die with me. No, you can't take it with you. You got to give it. You got to give it. We have a daughter and she likes to play this thing. She's nine years old. So nice. She, she is going to grow into quite a character. So. <laughs> we'll Fortunately, see. she's away. We've, we've had two days. Our only two days in a whole year of bit of time spent together. And we are sharing part of that with you. You see? Oh, I'm so honored. <laughs> I'm so honored. I am so grateful. So grateful to have you guys spent time with me. Thank you so much. One last last question. What advice would you give someone who is looking to become a coach? or to look for a coach? We have several words of advice. First one that comes to my mind, when you meet the Buddha, kill him. Mm. There's a lot of deep thought in that one. <laughs> it's all about bringing people home, getting beyond the method, getting beyond the methodology, mm. thinking that there is an absolute universal truth that you can plug into everybody. We each have our own individual universal truth. What do we do? We help each person find and set their own compass, not ours, mm -hmm. there to find their own truth, their own direction, and to act in accord with it. It's that simple. And how do we sum this up? Take care of the energy. Yes. The energy will take care of you. 
Oh, absolutely. Control. Because it's not done energy. It's this energy conveys in formation. Mm -hmm. In formation. Right. It is the blueprint that the life for everything. It really it keeps coming back to that simple aspect. And and one thing that I, I like to share with everyone is ego. You've got to let it go. Let the ego go. I always tell, tell somebody, if you ever see my ego, please punch it in the face. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't have an ego. I'm not. And, and you guys don't either because it's not about you. It's about them. It's about building yeah. someone up, yeah. helping them attain their true power, their true essence, right? That's the word, power. You say you wake up and you go, oh, hallelujah. Yeah. And I wake up and I go, oh, my God, I'm the luckiest man in the world. Uh-huh. For two reasons. You're alive and you wake up next to Ellie. <laughs> oh, you got it. <laughs> Every morning when he's uh, preparing breakfast, he says, I wouldn't be dead for quits. <laughs> that's beautiful that's beautiful but you know what and even when i go to sleep i am i i'm grateful for the opportunities i had that day for the people that i've shared my life with i'm grateful for my family and i'm grateful for anyone that has touched upon me you know that has contributed to my life I'm grateful for you guys to you share your, your time with me today. So thank you so much. I am so grateful to both of you. And, you know, I, I love the fact that I feel like I have friends oh. in you guys. So thank you. Oh. Like I said, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> All right. There you go. We have, as part of the new approach, new program that we're putting together, the new keys to personal evolution. We have defined, we have discovered and defined six. Without going into detail, I'll just tell you the names of those keys. Right. You know, yeah. here's the thing. I'm going to put your description and, and, and your, your information in the description, and I want people to come look for you guys, mm -hmm. and, and I want you to share with them. But give us a quick rundown. Okay, six keys. Active, alive is the second, aflame is the third, aware is the fourth, aligned is the fifth, and attuned, attuned is the sixth. Love them. Love them all. We will share with you a bit further down the track what those keys, the dimensions, the gates that those refer to. Thanks the new dimension of your being nice nice so listen you two go enjoy the rest of your time before your daughter comes home <laughs> all right guys thank you so much have a pleasant rest of thank your you day. thank you all right guys much love take care <laughs> bye bye Be good. Be great and gorgeous you are already. Uh, thank you so much. Enjoy, guys. Bye-bye. Right, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
I'll be back with a new episode and a new guest. You can find all episodes of the Coaching Call podcast on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I ask that you please leave me an honest review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. I'm trying to keep this episode free of advertisements. Anything you can donate to the cause is greatly appreciated. To donate, go to paypal.me backslash Sifu Raphael. Thank you and I really appreciate your help.